0: there comes time when you know, Blake and I will see a movie and we'll, you know, casually talk about it, but Rarely there's a happen where there's a movie that we cannot stop talking about it. And we've been looking forward to talking about this movie for a while. And that's obviously everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, Since we both live in New York, we are lucky to have seen it already as of two weeks ago from the taping of this episode. By the time all of you see this, it should be available, hopefully, in a theater near you as it releases uh, nationwide this week. So... If you don't know, this is the Movie Time crew. You got... Movie Time. Time. We got myself, Renee Zlata, low-key geek, and you got Wolf, Blake the Wolf here joining me. What's going on, dude?
1: What is up, man? I am so ready to talk to you about this movie. We've been putting off our casual conversation about it for this very recording. In the meantime, I've seen it three times, uh, and I just hit up a friend the other day, they're like, oh man, you must really like this, I, I, I might go see it, I was like... Let me know. I'll go. I might go. I might go four times before it even releases wide. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm so glad to have this combo with you.
0: Yeah, and it's actually good that you have because I've only seen it once. So I'm pretty sure that you can fill in a lot of gaps that maybe I may have, or provide additional insights and things. Because this is definitely the type of movie that you would probably want to see more than once. Because there's a lot of stuff that happens from beginning to end, and it's not. If you're someone like us, it's not the movie you originally thought it was going to be. It kind of surprises you in many different aspects as the movie plays on, which I think makes it a really great movie and and that's why we really really are looking forward to talk about it so uh if you haven't seen the movie yet we may well let's not say may we will be going into spoilers here so sure. be forewarned what we'll do is that in the very beginning of the episode we're going to give our initial thoughts spoiler free of the movies uh, of the movie you know how we feel about it and all that and then we'll put on a kind of sign on the screen notifying that this is spoiler territory so if you haven't seen the movie yet and if we get to that point stop the video save it for a future time after you watch it or if you just don't give a shit and you just want to hear us talk about it and we're not going to ruin the experience for you then hang out Join us um, and leave your thoughts ab- about everything that we've talked about or your thoughts about the movie in the comments. Um, and as always, YouTube spiel, you know, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. And then an audio format of this episode will be available on podcast platforms of your choice. Just look for the Loki Kiki channel there and download the episodes. So. Let's talk about this movie because I am so looking forward to it. Um, Funny enough, you and I, we actually saw it on the same day, uh, but obviously in different locations and everything like that. I don't know how your audience was. Um, My audience was the typical city type audience. Some of like the movie snobbery, um, the indie going fans, all that. You know, then you have your A24 fans. These are the guys that are, are like diehard movie cinephiles. You know, they love the art of movie and all that. Now, the great thing about that was that at the end of the movie, everyone left feeling the same way. Everyone really enjoyed the movie and could not stop talking about it, right? Um, Which was pretty much my experience. Like, I left the movie just not sure as to what I just saw. But knowing that I really, really enjoyed every minute of it, you know, uh, like I said, it's not what you think it is. You know, you think, well, it's Michelle Yeoh. So you think, oh, it's going to be your typical action movie, you know, and then, you know, the trailers and everything, they talk about multiverses. So if you're a comic book fan, you're probably thinking, oh, it's going to be like a Doctor Strange or like a WandaVision or maybe like a Back to the Future kind of thing like that, where you talk about timelines and everything, which It does to a certain extent, but I want to say almost like that's not really the main focal point of this movie. It's kind of a a way to kind of guide the rest of the story, that this is something that actually adds on to additional aspects of the story that kind of really stands out the most. Um, Because at the end of the day, believe it or not, this is more of like a human kind of drama um, type of film. Uh, You are following Michelle Yell's character, uh, Evelyn Wong, Oh, I said it. I said Wong, not Wang. <laughs> uh, funny conversation we had off off camera. But um, we really follow her journey as if she, while she kind of, in a way, contemplates her life and what could have been or what should have been or all that stuff like that and how it really affects the loves around her, the life around her, the people and family around her and all that. Um, that's one part of it. And then there's a whole other stuff uh, to go about it. But... Basically, the the acting was fantastic. The action scenes when they were there were well done. Um you really feel like you get to see Michelle you know, express all of her talents in this one movie. Yep. You know, you yep. got action, drama, and a whole lot of comedy. There is so much comedy in this movie. But not to the point where it like distracts you. It it actually is funny stuff that happens. And she does comedy really well. And we don't really see her do a lot of comedy yeah. at all. Um, I mean, yeah, you saw some like probably back in the old days when you watched her in the Jackie Chan movies. Because obviously those movies are a mixture of the two. But this is like full-on comedy um, that she really displays there. Uh, we have uh, Kihei Kwan. Who uh his um fantastic return to Hollywood. Uh did I say his name right?
1: Ki-hi Kwan. yeah. Ki-hi Kwan, Kihi Kwan, sorry. I
0: yeah. knew I was gonna mess that up. So um, but yeah, you have Kihi Kwan, who who most of us know him as. Data data from the Goonies and short round from Indiana Jones and Temple of Dune. Um a lot a lot of people don't realize that he quit hollywood for a very long time and this was his return to acting and i thought he was really well like did a really good job in it uh stephanie uh sue is probably one of the the outstanding actresses in this movie huge
1: breakout
0: yeah it was awesome uh, yeah, because I I was not aware of her at all before this movie. Uh, maybe you did some more digging and found out uh, more about her and what she's done. But she was great. Jamie Lee Curtis uh, played a character that we weren't expecting her to play, and I thought she did a very fabulous job as well. So the acting, the action, the the editing was so well done, you know, and it always kept you on your toes, you know, to the point where it kind of. Um, like almost panic-inducing, you know, because of some of the quick cuts and, uh, you know, switches from here to another reality and to whatever and all that stuff like that. Um, And it's interesting because the directors, uh, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinhart, they are music video directors. Am I right?
1: Yeah, they've done a lot of different stuff. Um, They're called Daniels as a duo. And the main thing that most folks would know them from is Swiss Army Man. Which was Daniel Radcliffe and Paul Dano, um, an equally absurd movie. But yeah, they've done, um, I was actually going through this last week and just watching short films that they've made. Mm -hmm. What a time doing that online. But yeah, they've they've done a lot of different stuff. But yeah, Yeah. editing is going to be one of their strong suits for sure
0: yeah it was really really unbelievable how well they did their editing there um and and like i said like yeah there there may be some questionable cg stuff that happens throughout the movie but that's not what the movie's about it, it's really not supposed to be this full-blown special effects blockbuster you know it's a24 for a reason and i think for what they had uh, and what they were given, they maxed out their potential because it was so well done for an A twenty four type of movie. Uh, I am really happy I saw it. I cannot recommend it enough. It's not going to be for everybody. It really isn't. But I disagree. Well, okay, maybe you do. But for a more general audience, I don't. Th- I think uh, it's going to be pretty mixed. Now, if you are a movie lover like. Blake and I are, and you, you your love of movies spans multiple genres and all that, then you are going to love this movie 100%. Uh, you're going to appreciate it for what it has. But that's my take on it. Blake, what, what are your thoughts on it?
1: Um, just to expound on that, the overall movie fan, I was talking to, to my dad about it recently. and He loves mm-hmm. nothing more than a good blockbuster that doesn't make you think too much. I, there would be a certain section of movie fans who, if you only like certain genres, if you only like rom-coms, then there would be things in this movie that aren't for you. Or if you're into horror, yeah. this might not be for you. But otherwise, if you, in general, there's great action, there's great comedy, and there's great emotional drama, family dynamics, all that stuff. Yeah. The amount of genres that it not only does, there's a lot of movies that do multiple genres like that, but it does it so expertly that I literally laughed and cried and the person sitting next to me laughed and cried the first viewing multiple times, like in a back and forth, it was incredible the way it is able to span those different emotions, different genres and do it so well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think, sure. Not everybody. And there'd be some people who, who leave saying, I don't get it or something like that. There's always going to be those right. folks. But even if you're not into like the matrixy philosophical multiverse kind of stuff, I don't think you have to be. I think yeah. there's enough other stuff going on that someone could enjoy it and take those things at face value, basically. Um, overall, um, I already said I've seen it uh, three times in theaters. On the third time, I actually took notes, which is Renee's seen me do it in person before. If, I, if, if a movie really means mm-hmm. enough to me, I just want to be able to like remember certain things or like write down things to look up later since I'm not using my phone in the theater. I'll just bring a notepad with me and I'm just jotting down notes or questions, uh, things to look up. Um, so I've got, I've got those with me. That theater I went to was Alamo draft house, which is the perfect. It's the city folks, but most of the city folks there would be hipster. And you have the a 24 folks. Um, and the, there was a breakout of applause when the movie ended and all throughout the movie, it was laughter. Um, Mm -hmm. people like doing the fist pump kind of thing. There'll be a, there's a multiple moments, which we're not doing spoilers yet. But there'll be there are multiple moments in the movie where people have like huge reactions and people there was like multiple applause breaks in the movie. The, yeah. the movie obviously keeps playing, but there's a few things that'll happen. And people go, "Oh shit!" And they have that, that moment, and that was so fun. So, my suggestion to anyone who hasn't seen it yet: watch this early on and with this when there's going to be more people there who are excited about this movie. I've heard other folks say that that they saw it with that kind of audience. Um, Somebody was at South by Southwest, and they saw it with that Mm -hmm. audience. And that's that kind of if you can get people there who were into it and you know signed up early for this movie experience, that's the best time to go see this movie. I've seen it three times. On the third time, there were less people in theaters, and the theater was maybe a third or half full, just because it was like a weekday evening late showing. Mm -hmm. The th- I still there's a moment I would go to the bathroom. I come back and I'm hearing the applause during the movie while like walking through the hallway into the theater. So there was still a great reaction from the crowd. I don't think it's one of those you have to be there opening night kind of things, but the crowd reaction definitely helped improve the the movie experience for this one for me. Absolutely. Um, my first time seeing it i am walking into the theater there's someone talking because i was seeing the evening showing the first one was like 7 p.m i'm seeing someone talking about it uh Mm. in the bathroom i'm kind of doing like the thing and i'm walking into the theater and there's this isn't a spoiler there's someone wearing a googly eye on their forehead walking out of the theater (laughs) and i kind of was like okay this is a weirdo they must be on acid or something i was like oh wait this is something to do with the movie. And you're watching the movie and the googly eye thing. There's a, it's a thing. And so immediately I go to Target. I get my own set of googly uh. eyes. Put them on my jacket. I was, I'm not sure where to put it. I'm not going to put it on my forehead for this video. Um, I am fully bought into this movie. <laughs> I left and I left the theater on Cloud 9. I don't know where it lands on my favorite movies of all time, but if if it's in the top 20, I'm not surprised. It's going to be in that kind of conversation. This is like an all time great movie. It's too soon. The dust hasn't settled, but yeah. next time I go through and like, I have my letterboxd account, right. Actually keep a ranking of my favorite movies. Once I slot this one in, I it's going to be as high as any new movie could, could hope to go on that kind of list. Um, I, I was looking at my top 10 right before this, and, like, it's it's in that territory. It, I don't know, but it was a special movie experience. Mm-hmm. Felt like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. The only other thing I'll say, and then I'll hand it back over to you, um, is it was what I expected, but it exceeded my expectations. I went into it thinking it was going to be some A24, like, basically the, the vibe that it was of philosophical, indie, quirky thing. Um, that's kind of my wheelhouse. Is like, the, that is this is basically a best case movie for me because I love a 24 art house crap and I love superhero blockbusters. And I kind of, for whatever reason, this movie genre made sense to me. And I just, we haven't seen people do this, at least not enough. Um, nothing, nothing like this has been made before. Um, there's some things which we'll get into when we talk spoilers, but there's some things where they pull from other movies or other genres. Um, but, uh, this was, what I was hoping it would be, and then it blew my expectations away. Just the fact that it met them, and the entire it's fairly long uh, by modern movie standards, two and al- almost two and a half hours. I was l- not. I'm not saying I was on the edge of my seat. I was literally on the edge of my seat for the last half hour, 45 minutes, and I it, it I didn't want it to end, and that's why I've gone back a couple times. Literally, mm-hmm. like face in my hands mouth agape watching this movie because it was just a nonstop the all two hours and 24 minutes or so were just Mm -hmm. blew me away
0: yeah, yeah, and it's a good thing you mentioned the runtime because I think even for an A twenty four movie, it's one of the longer A twenty four movies that I've ever seen, or they have ever made, right? Um, I, obviously I don't have the full catalog in front of me, but, um, usually they tend to run hour and a half, hour forty five, like that, and this definitely went beyond that, but for good reason. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff being covered throughout the movie. Um, it's interesting that your initial thought of the movie was. exactly... Exactly what the movie turned out to be because mine was not and I don't know if it was based on the trailer I saw um, but my initial thought was oh wow A twenty four is actually doing an action movie like they've never done that before and that's and I didn't see the other sides of what this movie could potentially be like the philosophical stuff you know the the human drama obviously I didn't see any of that um, and I remember um, Watching some other uh, movie YouTubers saying the same exact thing, like "Oh my God, it's it's an action movie." A twenty four has never done that, so this must be really interesting. Um, and I have a feeling there's a lot of people who probably feel that same way too. Sure. Uh, sure. Yeah. So that's why, like, when I finally saw the movie, I was like, wait a minute. No, this is more than that. Actually, it's like three or four genres in one. It's just, you know, you pay enough attention to it. You pick them out and you, it, it plays out in front of you, uh, which, again, speaks to and I, I don't want to throw this word around, but the brilliance of the movie, you know, it's just able to mend all these genres in one uh, is hard to do. Uh, we've seen other movies attempt to do it, like you said, and sometimes to success and sometimes not, right? So I think this one really does it, a, a good job of rounding it all out and making it make sense as a whole together. Um, and it's it's definitely worth a multiple watch, which I am planning to, to do for sure because i've been wanting to see it again ever since the first time just haven't got around to it but uh yeah it's it's again one of the reasons why we're so excited to talk about is because of a lot of the stuff that transpire in in the movie itself and a lot of philosophical meanings behind it a lot of like you know, talk about family drama that I'm sure hits very close to home for a lot of you, um, especially as being a, an Asian family or a Chinese family. Like they talk about a lot of the nuances that happens within a lot of these families, um, and they do a really good job about it too. Um, so, so yeah, so really, really. Uh, Uh, Again, can't talk highly enough about it, but enough about this non-spoiler stuff. Let's get it to the nitty-gritty. Let's talk about, let's start dissecting this movie. Let's start, you know, talking about the ins and outs. So, again, if you haven't seen the movie yet, this is your warning, final warning. We are going to talk spoilers right about now. Up on the screen comes the little sign so that no one is confused and yells at me later, saying, "Ah, you didn't say nothing. Um, If
1: you care enough about movies to watch this far in the video, just go buy your ticket right now. Just go buy your ticket and then flag this video, like, subscribe, and then come back and watch it as soon as you're done.
0: Yeah, totally. Hey, guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. But before we continue, I wanted to quickly talk about Bulletproof Coffee. Bulletproof Coffee is my favorite coffee of choice to start off my mornings with. Why? Because it's clean coffee. What does that mean? Well, one. There are no chemicals in it. Why? Because they go through this multi step process of making sure that all of their beans are fully clean and free of any chemicals so that when you get the beans delivered to you, it is the pure beans, the pure coffee, the goodness that you've been wanting, the taste, the flavor, and the nutritional value as well without worrying about any added chemicals or anything else put into the mix there. Um, It also doesn't have that weird acidic taste that some coffees give you. I don't know how about you, but for me, some coffees kinda give me that weird sensation in my stomach makes me a little burpy and it kind of drags me down a little bit instead of really waking me up uh, which is something that i need from my coffee every day bulletproof also offers a lot of keto friendly snacks and supplements anything that you need to kind of add to your everyday nutritional needs add to your diet and make you and pretty much transforms the way you feel uh every day so uh, for a limited time if you use this code on that you see on the screen right now lowkeygeek all caps one word you can get 15% off your order so what what is it better than that right check out the link in the description of this episode use this code get yourself your discount and make your mornings a little bit more bulletproof with bulletproof coffee now back to the episode so again so spoilers gonna start in five four three two one let's go All right. so I think let's start off by let's highlighting the genres that are actually within this movie because yeah. it, it it's not all at once. You don't see it all at once. Um, it, it it plays itself out as the movie goes. Right. So yes, there is a part of the movie that is pretty much your typical action. They do borrow a lot from movies like The Matrix and you know some of the older kung fu type of movies. Um, and then you have your human drama like in it, you know, somewhat maybe akin to like maybe the farewell or something like along those lines. And the reason why I bring that up is because again, Chinese family, Chinese centric, that's the main focus within this movie. You know, and certainly it's an alternate
1: casting later, Aquafina was actually gonna be in the Tep Stephanie step, role. Who
0: No way who
1: She was that was gonna be the original plan for that role. And then um all I, right, I told you because you didn't know about it. Yeah, Jackie Chan was the plan for the Michelle Yo, the the lead. Wow! It made might in theory could have been the male lead, but that doesn't make sense. It my understanding is they rewrote it with the female lead, uh, for Michelle Yo. They once it was went from Jackie Chan to Michelle Yo. Right. There's some action scenes because we're let's we'll get right back in film references. Mm-hmm. But there's some action scenes where they're doing Jackie Chan style oh, kick 100%. and gun, use the broom to do the thing mm-hmm. like they're doing that stuff. Prop, kung fu, martial arts yeah. stuff for sure, mm-hmm. for sure
0: yeah yeah and they they do really well at tying the same comical aspects of action movies that jackie chan is very familiar with and now that you said that it makes a lot of sense on why that would have been it but replacing him with michelle makes a lot of sense too because she's done a lot of those movies you know so she knows exactly how to play it out uh the aquafina role that would have been interesting. That would have been actually pretty fascinating, to be honest. Yeah,
1: I actually like that one. I fell yeah. in love with with uh, this actress, Stephanie Chu. I did. I fell too. In love with yeah. her. I googled her immediately. I'd seen her in Mrs. Maisel recently mm, um, when okay. I've been rewatching that. There's been a couple other credits that uh, like she's popped up in in something I'm aware of, but this was probably mm. the first time I saw her in a vehicle where she's. I think she's technically top billing. For the mm. movie, even though it's a Michelle yeah, it was the, the Lily actress, she's technically like the first one listed there. Um, right. But the they uh, do like the idea. I, one one podcast I listened to um, about it, they were talking about they don't like the idea of Aquafine in it. I think I do. I say. do.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I would appreciate in that. that. Yeah.
1: The um, the 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 weird drama, the quirky energy, the like intensity of this character. There's a few times where I felt like I do like how. Stephanie, who delivered it, I think Aquafina Aw- may have been hitting some of those out of the park. Um, mm-hmm. And when she, I think maybe the comedy of it would have been more clearly comedic coming from mm-hmm. Aquafina, whereas the drama maybe not as much. Because um, when she's doing like the farewell, she's been very subdued, um, yeah. and there would be a few moments that work like that for her. But I think basically you just you get a different skill set. I think the comedy would have been better that way, but maybe the drama not as much. I'm not sure, but there's something to right. that both did a good job of the aquafina thing i do i'm curious what that would have been like
0: i i would i would definitely would have loved to have seen at least that take of it because yeah i'm pretty sure she would have brought a different sense depending on the the point of the movie you're in um but i i could see it i don't know it's just me i could really see it especially since we have seen her do drama we have obviously seen her do tons of comedy Action, you know, she was great in Shang-Chi. I thought she did a pretty decent job there and all that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that would have been really interesting to see how that would have played out. But yeah, so you have your your drama, you have your action, you have comedy, not just action comedy, but also straight up comedy. Um, yeah. where there was just a lot of like haha moments that really, really were ha moments. And then there was the philosophical side to the movie, which was more like the, along the lines of like tree of life kind of feeling, you know, like really, really digging deep into the human condition and how one's thinking can affect you know, their outcomes or, you know, the dangers of wishing and going back and changing things of what, what you did in your past life and how that could spawn into like the butterfly effect of like, well, you changed this one aspect and it right. could like branch off into the, all these different types of realities, you know. And and that's where the essence of the whole multiverse comes into play because, you know, Evelyn, Michelle's character, gets to kind of see how those outcomes would be and instead of just wondering oh that would have been nice she tends to fall into the side of wishing she could be there permanently and not realizing how that could affect what's already happening current life because it's it's very easy to say well my life sucks right now but you know what me being a Hollywood actress, that would be pretty freaking awesome, you know. And, and it, I love how it's almost a glimpse into all the different aspects of Michelle's life in real life. You know, yeah. you had like the red carpet scenario, and then you fast forward to like when she was really uh, pure on um living in like mainland china and then you know, you see like those type of things that michelle has done in, on screen and everything so it, it's almost like a, a walk through her career in, in a way uh throughout this movie um but yeah those are some of the things that i picked up like uh what were some of the things you, you picked up i mean
1: yeah on that this feels like apex of michelle yo's career this is like a perfect vehicle for all of her different talents love that as far as the different references, there's so many. And I, I was one of the things I was writing down when I saw it the third mm-hmm. time was like, okay, this feels like a reference to this other thing. So first off on the different genres, old school kung fu. There's yeah. the when we're talking about the philosophical movies, you mentioned Tree of Life. I'm thinking of and I think part of the reason why I went into this maybe ex- expecting not and I, I didn't even mean to say like I predicted that it would be like this. It was just like I expected it to have a mind fuck kind of movie. And yeah. something of like a being John Malkovich or a, a Donnie Darko mm. kind of thing yeah. where
0: yeah.
1: these are movies that are asking questions of like predestination, free will. right? Um, and like being John Malkovich is kind of, it's not a multiverse movie technically, but it kind of right. in, in a weird way it is where like the, it's actually like folding in on itself. And then Donnie yeah. Darko is one about like predestination and like your, know the bo- where your body will travel before it gets there. Right, it's right. dealing with mm-hmm. similar questions to those. There's also the like, lo-fi action movie kind of thing where mm-hmm. it's almost doing like quirky bad cinema version of action movie stuff. So there's like a van where their technology is comedically silly for what it's being asked to do. And they've got like the little Bluetooth headphone things. It's like yep. this little it looks like a shitty app on their phone and like light up I don't even know what to call it, but it's it's pretty silly looking. But it works in this movie for sure. Yeah, um, we're doing one other thing is the hot dog finger world. <laughs> the, the, <yeah. laughs> when, that feels just like an SNL skit to me. Like there's the ones where Kristen Wiig has the the little baby hands or whatever, and there's times where like blood will squirt out of someone's what. Like some of that absurdism felt very of this moment in comedy, uh, mm-hmm. but the the hot dog finger world is so good. Speaking of which, we have a direct film reference right there she travels so far because she presses the earpiece at the wrong time she goes to a, multi, uh, a part of the multiverse that was so far away they never even seen anyone go that far before right. and it's a world where there was a pre-human event and now we go to 2001 Space Odyssey where they're right. playing the music and there's a uh, <laughs> what is it it's a primate <laughs> and instead of having they show with the hot dog hands, basically just giant fingers that have a slapping motion, beating the shit out of what would have become humans as we know them. And it actually, the camera, I didn't notice this until the third time, the camera goes down and it shows the ape with the opposable thumb on its chest. And like, oh, I do remember that. Opposable yeah. Thumb. like, oh, this is why you died. This is what you thought was special about your species? <laughs> right, now, right, right. this is because you didn't have these beautiful hot dog fingers. At some point there's like ketchup and mustard coming out of the fingers which I don't even want to know the science there that that was gross um, but that was a fun moment There's a few times where I think they're directly referencing other movies and it feels there's some degree of of Tarantino happening where it's just mm. references but mm-hmm. they're re they're reclaiming some of those references in a new context and owning it and making it its own legitimate new thing and it's not just a reference piece because I I think that that would be something else this is they're doing a bunch of different references and they have their own movie going on during it Mm -hmm. there's a time where when uh, Stephanie Sue's character as the evil person um, Jojo Jubaki um, I'm doing off memory Uh, Michelle Yeoh's character mispronounced it uh, every time but one so it's that's another pronunciation that's muddled in my mind but Jojo Jubaki something like that when we see that character first show up um, and she's doing some of her silly action sequences Mm -hmm. where it becomes clear her character is capable of pulling from anywhere in the multiverse and anything is possible. Uh, She has a police officer throw up confetti. She's able to turn (laughs) her head all the way around. Um, Her outfits are changing. Her fingernail polish is changing colors while she's walking. There were so many cool little moments like that, but during a few of those, there's actual Looney Tune action sounds yes. happening yes. during that, which is just mm-hmm. a direct reference to that. Um, yeah. The other ones that I'm thinking of is when they do the... Um, when Michelle Yeoh travels to the part of the multiverse where she's an actress and she's at a black tie affair mm-hmm. watching her movie, and they do um, Wong Kar Wai is exactly yes. who I'm thinking of, doing that yeah. highly romantic beautiful. Mm -hmm. The dialogue, there's even a few times where the editing, and I forgot what it's called, but it's an editing decision Wong Kar-wai helps make popular in the 90s, where things kind of jump and move faster. Um, uh, I can't think of the word for it right now, but they actually use one of his things that is like his signature editing technique from the 90s, and they're using that in those sequences. Which, if someone else did it, it might feel like mimicry or copycat, but this movie is so highly referential, and because it's there's the multiverse concept happening. It's almost like it is also aware of its own multiverse of movies and things that it's pulling mm. from. Those references did not feel like mimicry at all. It felt no. deserved in the, and it also felt more like tribute than anything else. Like, yeah, that's, um, that's, and that's the, how and I they did a good it, job with it. Yeah. That's if how they did a bad it. job with it. It would have, it would have rang false, but uh, it, they did that's that's yeah. my extent of references i know that there's there's gonna be more it's one of those things that and if i watch it again i'm sure i'll have a bunch of other things i catch it was yeah. such a dense movie like you were saying but yeah those are sure, my favorite yeah. things about it
0: yeah no like like to go back to what you were saying like it felt like homages to movies that they probably like really loved and appreciated and they wanted to pay tribute and homage to all that but in in a, in a way like you said that what was mimic it, was, it wasn't mimic you know Mimiki or anything like that um, the Wong Kar Wai I, I love that you brought that up because that was one thing that I noticed especially in the alleyway scene between uh, yeah. her character and uh, and Waymond um, you know who you know this was a reality where they didn't end up together you know she did her own thing they went separate ways and she became this big movie actress and movie action star and they just happened to meet up again and kind of like and it, with knowing what she knows about about her previous life or, or her alternate life, like what could have happened if they went together, or maybe she can call the shots this time and everything. Um, it was very, very that type of style. Uh, and the, like the cinematography that he used, the editing way, it like it, it was just so so nicely done. Um, and then like you said with stephanie sue's character and the, uh, the action the the comic uh, you know timing of some of her action scenes the wackiness of it all reminded me of a lot of like james gunn movies or sam raimi's type of movies where it's just like over the top stuff right things that just come out of left field and you know a lot uh, of pilgrim
1: like, the, edgar wright kind of stuff too there's yeah. another one
0: for sure yeah and they got a lot of like the quick um cuts to like close up face and not face and you know this and that and it, it was just it's amazing how many things they were able to blend into this movie that didn't feel like it was too much. Like it just, it made sense because every scene had a purpose for why that was. Um, I think another thing that I really loved was, and I guess this goes more into like the philosophical um, portion of the movie, was when they flash into a reality where they're just two rocks. There's no human civilization at all, and it's so funny because you have two rocks with the googly eyes, and they're just like looking at each other, and you just (laughs) see the dialogue in written text on the screen the whole time. Now for a lot of people, they may be thinking, what the fuck is this happening, like what's this all about? But. Just the simplicity of it, and this is like one of those moments where there was like a lot of deep meaning behind their conversation Um, To kind of what is the purpose of life is
1: literally being asked by one rock to another rock in the multiverse where they are just rocks (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, or they're just rocks. Yeah, and like I, I'm just, I just, you know, basically they're saying like we just stand here and don't do anything. Like maybe from time to time we'll roll over, but I cannot move. And all, you, know, like, you know, and it was just like so fascinating how they really dived into all of the like hidden meanings that they were trying to portray throughout the whole movie. um You know, like again going back to the more comedic hot dog hands like that was done purely for comedy obviously but uh and the absurdity of it all but again it is part of a possibility within this life that they are living in right and all that so um we'll, as we'll far... get to the
1: ending but the hot dog hands actually plays into a scene near the end when she's showing jamie lee curtis's character love and that when she's yes. using that as her fighting style she brings yes. her in with her foot um, as if triggering some subconscious kind of thing, like Jamie Lee Curtis is aware of this possibility. And there's a few moments when she's like playing piano for her with her feet because mm-hmm. obviously hot dog lines. Yeah. And it's like, it is actually a, like, I kind of want to see that movie where it's the lesbian drama of Michelle Yeoh and Jamie Lee Curtis with both. They just happen to have hot dog figures, but they still yeah. love each other. And exactly. That, yeah. it was so absurd but they're also doing all of these things at the same time even in that universe where they just happen to have hot dog fingers
0: yeah and and I I guess that's like one of the, the, the cool things about the movie too is that the most absurd moments are the moments that have the most meaning yeah. You know so in a way they're like throwing you off but if you pay enough attention no there's something deeper going on in these in these scenes and in, like those current timelines or whatever the case you want to call it um, and I guess in a way that's that they were saying is that you know, no matter how things look or how things are perceived, that doesn't take away the fact that there's still a human aspect to it. There's still that emotional aspect to it. And I I do like how they did that on purpose from what it seems like to to be like, yeah, we want to throw you off a little bit, but pay attention because this is some real stuff that we want to talk about and portray, right?
1: There's a couple moments where they did things that as a movie lover, I've had conversations with people going, oh, can you imagine if that movie ended after the 10 minute mark when you thought that person was going to die and they did a false ending in this movie. They did the scene with two rocks where no audio at all, not music, not wind blowing total silence. When I said that, I heard the audience laughing, walking into it. That was during that scene there's a couple moments that happen that it, it's, it's beyond like meta. It's, mm-hmm. it's the kind of thing where you would say, oh, that would be the craziest thing ever is if you went into a movie and they ended it early and yeah. they kind of did that during this movie. There's a moment where I go, well, that's the craziest thing I've ever seen. This movie just ended. They're playing end of movie credits and then it pulls back and yeah. she's in the movie theater uh, as her movie actress self. Right, yeah. and it is there is deepness, and they, at some point, um, uh, Kiki Kwan's character goes. I, he says, "I'm like that movie. That ending was sad, but it was also really weird. Um, and there's <laughs> some kind of meta commentary going on there, and the fact that yeah, there's a moment with two rocks. One of uh, I'm trying to remember the googly eyes on them because I think for a moment you don't see them, but then you do when they turn. But right. um, it's deep. This very, it's during a moment in the movie when the mom and daughter are having like this." World, this, this, the fate of the world hinges on this conversation between the mom mm-hmm. and the daughter about w- why are you so hard on me, essentially, and why do you care right. about these things? There's no audio, there's no dialogue, mm-hmm. it's just subtitles next to the rocks or super titles, whatever, next to the rocks. And it's deep and funny in that moment. Yeah. And one of those things I never thought I'd see that in a movie that was insane. And then it goes back to the real movie. I think and I actually do want to talk about possible awards near the end of later in this episode, but mm-hmm. editing for this movie, I don't know how how horrible that experience must have been in the editing room because to chop together so many things, there's like flashbacks within flashbacks and montages within those flashbacks and they're showing a van of people in the alpha verse they're showing and they're having to switch between multiple multiverse. I'm, like, nauseous just, like, trying to imagine. Like, even just, like, I'm confused talking about it. I can't imagine not only keeping that thread, but I never once felt lost. I can get lost in movies pretty easily. If things are, like, too deep um, or if they're not holding my hand, it is pretty easy for me to, like, have to look up after we go, what actually happened? I never once felt confused or lost during this movie, which is mm. part of my hope of it having a more general audience. They did such a damn good job of explaining what was happening during it, not doing too much spoon feeding or too much like character in the background narrating. Well, now we're going to go to the other multiverse, like, but, right. and, and they're coming up with things that at first seem so absurd, but then they actually work out in the plot. So you have the first time Kiki Kwan's character, she was the chapstick. Yeah. And I, this is the moment where basically the shoe drops, like the whole mm-hmm. audience is going, well, this isn't like anything I've ever seen before. If you saw a random dude on the subway, just eat a tube of chapstick. Like, okay, well, now I'm in crazy town and I need to get away from here. Like, right. this is a, everything up to this moment, the first maybe 15 minutes, normal movie. It could be a farewell style movie. It could be any old indie drama. Uh, there's a couple things that make you think like, oh, this is a little absurd. But for the most part, there's a, there's a little bit of comedy. There's some family drama. There's been no action or multiverse stuff, hardly at all. Other than like in the background of one of the CCTV screens behind Michelle Yeoh while she's doing her taxes, it's not even the main thing on the screen. Yeah. Um, and then you see him eat a tube. Uh, he's in the elevator. He has a moment where he's telling her uh, the Alpha Verse needs you, and <laughs> he goes back to being normal Wayman, uh, the the Wayman you know, the Wayman who's divorcing you. Right. Um, and then uh, things get trippy. But the moment where you're like, okay, how are they trans? Going back and forth from the janitor's closet, this other multiverse. Everything slows down. Security guards have their guns on them, and he reaches into the fanny pack and so slowly, which makes me think like there's some director decisions that are that work out so well. Because the mm-hmm. audience reaction is just like I literally hear people going, Oh, oh no. He's gonna he's eating the chapstick. And he eats the chapstick, spits it on the ground. Michelle Yo tugs on his pants, going, Hey, what what are you doing? And then that's how he Goes from one universe to another. Right. They ease you into that, but you also still don't necessarily know what's going on. It's only later in the movie, much later, when two characters are saying, "Oh, when she does weird stuff, that's when she goes from one multiverse to another. That's when she's able uh, to to travel mm-hmm. that way." But I, are, I, my understanding, the whole audience knew that those characters were just figuring it out themselves in that world. Um, we, the the and Whole thing where they're oh, going, oh am I Raccoonie yeah. Wayman now is uh that was so fucking funny I guess that's another movie reference that's so on the nose I yeah. didn't think of it Ratatouille
0: yeah basically so they took they they <laughs> kind of converted an animated a Disney a Pixar animated movie and made it live action replaced a rat with a raccoon and they played I out the whole yeah they they played out the whole scenario the the raccoon was in fact controlling um the Hibachi chef and you know who was obviously doing much better than michelle's character was until that was the (laughs) revelation and who would have thought that we would ever see that in uh this like any kind of movie referenced?
1: amazing and i'm imagining if someone listened to this and they haven't seen the movie they go well this doesn't make any fucking sense this is so bizarre We're not doing the explainer, lay out the plot from beginning to end. Those resources exist online. It made enough sense to me, even just on its own, because the movie itself is traveling back and forth between different worlds. It made enough sense on its own. I am kind of curious, and and maybe I'm going to ask you since you've seen it once. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you understood some basic questions, not every aspect of how they traveled or things that, are, that the audience doesn't need to know, But do you feel like you understood which universe was which and like there have been some times where you're in a time travel kind of movie and you're going like, they didn't do a good job of explaining to me where I am right now. And you might, they can do it for an effect, a dramatic effect. You think you're in one place or another, something like that. But did you feel like you were able to traverse the timeline and, and understood kind of the overall plot? I'm, I'm genuinely asking
0: yeah so i would say again like watching the movie for like the one time i did and watching it obviously that was my first time um like you i i didn't get confused but i found myself having to have to really pay attention because it, it is really dense and there they, they there will be moments where they throw 20 things at you and you really, if you're not paying attention or you happen to be looking down at your popcorn and trying to figure out, should I eat this right now? You can miss something very easily, right? So I, I you know, I found myself like really having to be glued to what I'm seeing because I didn't want to miss anything. For sure. That being for said, sure. half halfway through, I was able to slowly start putting some of the pieces together as they're, the more we're going into it. Like, for example, like I understood the whole weird trigger to kind of jump from one you know dimension to another you know like they, like they needed something to to call upon that right and their choice right. was well do something weird like okay so i thought that was pretty interesting how they they played that <laughs> out it opens
1: up uh, possibilities or something i'm still not even sure i get that right i also yeah. don't care it was awesome
0: yeah, like, like I, I, I tried to think of it as like, well, is it the certain sensation that you experience that will dictate the type of universe you're going to jump into? I don't know, because there's a moment where they play upon this whole butt plug situation, which I just oh. thought was freaking hilarious. Yeah, and it, please. oh my God, and it happened all throughout this big action scene, you know, where, oh. again, It was just so amazingly well done. But that was another trigger. You know, like freaking stick something up your ass and you hop from another dimension to another like that. At least those who were trying to contain Michelle's character of Evelyn um, from, you know, jumping too much and figuring things out and, you know, confronting who she's supposed to confront. Um, it, It was just so hilarious how they played all that out. And I, again to, to someone who's not really paying attention, they could easily be like, "What the fuck is happening here?" and everything. <laughs> but I was able to figure that out now, as far as like w- what was the proper timeline or what timeline are we in I don't even think that was important. I think what okay. was just more important was the character, okay, what type of character, what is her reality at that moment when she's there right. you know like I think that spoke more um like I said, the whole You know, multiverse uh, aspect of this movie was just to help guide that main story, and to bring the characters to where they're supposed to be, right? Um, So, like, that didn't really bother me at all, and all that. Um, And I think moving to that one particular scene where there are two rocks and everything quiets down and calms down, and you see all the dialogue through text, that was the break the audience needed to kind of just take in and digest everything that just happened and lay it out and basically let the audience know let everyone watching know this is the crux of the movie this is the whole thing that we're trying to to answer that we're trying to come to a conclusion on now that you get it all right, let's pick it back up and let's bring you back okay. into the madness of it all, right? So they they do they do a really good job at all that, the pacing and everything like that. Um I agree with you also in the aspect about the whole editing process because there were like moments of uh, Michelle in the in the multiverse that we didn't even get to see. You know, but th- we know they filmed it because we we would see like little flashes of it oh, as yeah. you're going through all that. You know, like an animated version. I would have loved an to, to see like ten minutes of that.
1: <laughs> so good. There's a pinata version, and we see right. it swing twice. I'm yeah. wondering if they had a whole rock conversation, but it's pinata They didn't. They didn't right. make the final cut. There's a moment where they're actually montaging quickly, blah 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 blah, through yeah. a bunch of them that we never see. I would yeah. love to. This is a movie, and there's a few things with third viewing. I overhear something in the background that's relating to something that's happening later in the movie kind Mm -hmm. of shit. And I'm going like, okay, this is a movie when it's available for streaming, I'm going to be pressing pause and rewind a lot just to get those references or like screenshot this thing. I hope someone breaks down every Easter egg. Um, It's as deep as there's the moment. um, We're talking about the different ways that she travels and the weird things they do. Cause she, her character Mm -hmm. also had to, The way I kind of thought about it, because it needs to make some sense to the audience or like if it's only absurd, it doesn't really work. But it's basically like by doing something so unique and out of the ordinary that opens up a portal for them to be able to transfer from one part of the multiverse to another once they've opened up the pathways. There's one where uh, Wayman's character is having to paper cut his fingers in order to open up a world... Uh, and he's trying to do it, in can he goes? It's impossible. You can only do a paper cut on an accident. And he's having to like figure it out, and then once he can do that, I think he became he became some kind of fighter after that. And then yeah. he becomes normal Wayman again. He goes, he's trying to move the filing cabinet out of the way when they. But he goes, ah, oh, damn it, this weak body. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that one cracked me up so bad because he goes from a super fighter guy to just his regular self. Right, a um,
0: regular old yeah. Wayman.
1: Yeah, in this weak body, (laughs) out of frustration. And then the other one I'm thinking of is she has to say, I love you to the auditor, Mm -hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis's character, who she hates, of course. Uh, And she has to mean it in order to transfer. And my understanding, there's something also about how absurd the action is, lets you transfer farther kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I was talking about it with with a friend after um, third viewing that there's times in our lives where we do something kind of unexpected and it feels like the universe opens up possibilities. Yeah. You go, Oh, and I kind of, at the end of this movie, I, this has happened to me with some movies. I leave feeling like anything is possible. I leave some yeah. James Bond movies. Like, oh, I could have been a secret agent. Maybe I could do that. I want to, or you leave Fast and Furious. Like, I wonder how fast I could drive this car. Now this movie, I left feeling like anything is possible. And so there, it kind of makes sense in a, in a absurd plot device kind of way by yeah. doing something so bizarre, you've now opened up the possibilities of the universe. Um, but in that one, um, they say <laughs> you have to say I love you and mean it. She goes, That's impossible, I can't do that. Well, they, they go, Your only other options are to either break your own arm or take a nap. You're not feeling sleepy, are you? <laughs> She's in the middle of a fight sequence. <laughs> so that's kind of what's making me think. There's like, there are right. options, they'll pull, pull the options, they go, Okay, well, the most successful way is to do this thing. Um, right. it, it has its own logic during the movie. But I also think you're right. It doesn't necessarily matter. Mm-hmm. The main point is it's not even the Alphaverse plot that we are end up being concerned with, which is kind of interesting. It's only right now I'm thinking about, like, we're not talking about the Alphaverse. There's a whole universe in this movie where Michelle yeah. Yeoh's character, Evelyn, invents a device that can travel be, from between multiple verses. Her dad has not the wheelchair that he has In the universe, we're seeing he has a mecha suit wheelchair thing that can, but based on household appliances, Uh they have just horrible technology that can get them from different points in the multiverse because she's so brilliant. And then she pushes her daughter too far in that world. Her daughter is now able to contain or, like, is able to access all the multiverse and then is trying to it's unclear for a while. Is she trying to kill the mom? Is she trying to like bring the mom with her to the nothingness? Everything bagel. The facts are this deep in the, the, the everything, everything, bagel. everything bagel. So good. Um, but I think I'm, I, I don't want to talk about the everything bagel because I think it does. It, it, it's a great metaphor for what this movie is about. Cause this movie is not about the metaverse. It's not even necessarily yeah. about the fighting in the universe no. we're looking at. And I heard, um, I'm actually grateful because the first night I saw it, the, there was a few friends sitting next to me and they were chinese and they talked about it afterward and it was a feeling i got during it but they're talking about the intergenerational trauma yeah. plotline of this movie yeah. there i feel like and i have a couple i have a few friends who are first generation and i feel like this movie and it's made by one of the daniels it has and he talks about the the backstory of making this movie and he actually i'll, I'll get to it in a second but his like what the movie is about is interesting but there's definitely something there uh, on... And it, it, it can be in a immigrant uh, first-generation immigrant story and intergenerational trauma um, things that are specific to that. It can also just be anyone who who's feel like their parents don't understand them or yeah. their parents are hard on them or have high expectations or if there's any family conflict. It's part of the other reason I was thinking about this movie having near universal appeal. Is anyone who's had a human life this movie because it contains everything? Mm-hmm. It could speak to anyone who's gone through heartbreak, divorce, unrequited love, yeah. parental drama, anything like that. There's a metaphor in this movie for whatever you've gone through in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, even the idea of like a boring life is brought up because her character um, is is leading <laughs> the least the the life with the least potential, which is I think. The other thing that I was thinking about um, after repeated viewings of what this movie is about. um, The very first scene, the very first anything in this movie is a mirror showing the family singing karaoke. Mm -hmm. And next to the mirror on the bookshelf is a book. This is a third viewing kind of thing. This is why we're recommending seeing it multiple times. (laughs) It says how to be, it's a book called how to be a professional singer. And we know that Michelle Yeoh's character In the universe we're watching, later the auditor is going to say, why'd you buy this karaoke machine? And the husband later says, oh, my wife confuses hobbies for businesses. And we also know, as revealed later in the movie by uh, Metaverse Wayman, that she, this is the universe where she's fulfilled the least amount of potential. Right. She... All they go. Why are you? And this is one of my favorite moments in the whole fucking movie. It reminds me very much of like a Matrix kind of moment where there's like the savior you don't expect. And she's going, "Why is it me? Why am I the chosen one?" Who's you're asking to save the metaverse? And he has to tell her it's because this is your worst life because this is the life where you've done the least and had the the least success. All the other universes, you've done something cool, which means she can now pull from those universes, and she has so much um potential in this universe that her mind can expand without breaking whereas the other universes it doesn't have that need to learn to sing because she already knows how to do kung fu or she's already kind of like at her capacity no this is the one with the most potential because it's the most disappointing life possible there's something so beautiful about that plot line and then leaving the theater feeling like anything is possible That is, I think, one of my favorite aspects of this movie is that where it's in everything is everything and nothing is nothing. Like it's dealing with these giant philosophical concepts that just feel like Mm -hmm. absurd maxims. But at the end of the day, it's about a human woman who has unfulfilled potential and some family drama, and she doesn't feel like she has the tools to deal with it. And by pulling from the multiverse, she learns how to love her family and live the life that she wanted that that breaks my heart as a movie concept yeah. and is so beautiful that they executed that in a fucking action metaverse movie that was yeah. so damn funny bravo
0: yeah no uh yeah and that really comes all rounded up towards the end too and you know th- this, this movie invokes a lot of emotion from you watching it, you know, like obviously, you get excited when the action stuff happens, you get excited when, you know, they start explaining all the nuances of you know, the, the metaverses and all that stuff like that um, you 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 know get somewhat emotional when it comes to like the human aspect and the human drama you know maybe you could relate to it or maybe not uh, but you you're following this family going through what they're dealing with uh, you laugh at all the comical stuff and the absurdity and everything like that. But when it finally like gets rounded out towards the end and you see her realizing all this stuff, you know, no longer pining for that possibility of like, well, I could have been a singer or I could have been an actor, you know, I could have been, you know, whatever, this and that. Instead of pining for that difference, she learns that now with what she has at the current moment in her own reality, this is what i need to do to deal with it and actually make it better for myself and for those around me and that brought tears to my eyes i was just like wow like the fact that they brought it all there you know and it's one of those things where it's like every one of us at any given time of our life has thought about this stuff you know like yeah we thought about like well my life's not going the best right now or not doing that great you know what could have been you know what 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 you know and all that stuff you know maybe i should have done this differently or maybe i should have said this instead of saying that you know but then it's like learning from those experiences learning from those moments taking the little bits of all that stuff and saying well how can i make that work for me today you know and make and make it so that you you aren't like living a boring life cuz you could easily just make it an interesting one just with what you have You know or you know what you have going for her and it is interesting yeah i i did notice that too the whole karaoke and how to sing and all that obviously it didn't make sense until you just explained it to me right now and then it goes back to where like yeah she had all this potential and she has a lot of it, it it's explained especially during the whole tax audit and everything like she has all of these hobbies you know but it never really you know comes into fruition of anything that is of importance for that timeline right because at the end of the day she owns a uh, a laundromat and that's it right and then she she just like you know does the day-to-day and everything like that um but she tries to use the excuse of owning this business to endure in her hobbies right um so it is it, it's, it, it's, it's in itself very interesting it's like well you know we all have these interests right and you know who is to say that this one interest could lead to something else you know and then sometimes we just like ah eh, it'll be nothing this is just like a passing thing and i'm just gonna go back to my day-to-day life which is quote unquote working at the moment but you know when you say everything is possible anything is possible er- anything could happen whatever well, what if I decided to make that quick change and, yeah. you know, let me sing more, let me do something different, you know, and then maybe that could, you know, turn things around and all that. So, <laughs> in a way, it also gives you hope, you yeah. know, once the movie is done. And it's, it's just, the, so the I was sitting next to three guys who showed up to the movie a little drunk. I could tell they were out drinking and all that, you know, they were kind of hipster-like and everything. And at the end of the movie, the guy next to me looks at me and is like, dude, please tell me you love that movie. It's like, I, I, he's, like <laughs> he's like, I am so emotional right now. I need to talk to you about it. And then oh. he's like, or am I bothering you? <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I am uh-huh. right there with you. I am like right there uh-huh. with you. I'm like, and I invited his two other friends. Like, guys, what do you want to talk about? Because there's a lot to unravel. That's it's beautiful. beautiful it yeah. brought
1: together these strangers in new york City. yeah exactly That's beautiful how was the conversation
0: it was fine. Like everyone was saying, pretty much the same thing. Where it's just like it wasn't what I expected, but wow, the impact. That you know, it's dense, but it's meaningful. And now, you know, like I feel a little different. You know, like I definitely want to watch it again because it gives you hope. It gives you, you know, different insight and perspective on life in general and all that stuff. And you know, again, it's just a movie, and it's not going to change everyone's lives. But it's some. It's like one of those movies and forms of art that allows you to at least think and like puts you in a way that's like, you know, there is a message here and um, it you look at yourself in a different way or you look at life in general in a different way. and there's nothing wrong with that. you know I, I think that's what makes art the you know as good as it is for a lot of people because it, it invokes some sort of response, some sort of emotional response. And I feel like for those who really got it, it invoked that same type of response, and the way that they executed it too was just brilliant in in that aspect. So,
1: there's a there's a thing that happens early in the movie um, when they're on their way to the auditor's office. This is maybe the ten minute mark of the movie ish, mm-hmm. and the character looks at an old Asian couple who kiss, yeah. and then. The whole movie happens and you don't even necessarily know why, why was that a moment? But they just show them looking over and there's kind of like a reaction, like a melancholy of, I don't have that as it turns right. out. And we know that there's some divorce marital. The wife isn't listening to the husband. He doesn't feel seen or heard or valued in the, in the marriage. She's stressed out in her life of unfulfilled potential. After she learns to fight like her husband, which is another heartbreaking we're looking at like how the movie tackles different paradigms of or ways yeah. of looking at the world. The daughter's version is fighting in a way mm-hmm. that like destroys, and the husband's is in a way of love. And in the Wong Kar Wai style, felt scene where he's explaining that this is the only way I know how to fight is, uh, and he's basically talking about his character in the universe that we've been enjoying, which is like through trying to help people get along by loving people by making them yeah. laugh and that that's a defense move and it is a legitimate style of fighting it's the only choice he felt like he had and you don't have to actually fight with violence i thought that was a beautiful paradigm she learns that and then that's what we were talking about earlier with her using the foot technique yeah. on jamie lee curtis's character to yeah. make her feel unalone so now this character no longer feels the need to fight and she's yeah. helping the BDSM guy, who actually is a cameo from the director. Um, uh, the the of the two Daniels, it's the other one we have a mission so far. Um, uh, there's a few different ones where there's a guy whose whole like the reason why he's angry and violent is because of like some physical um uh, abnormality, and mm-hmm. she like fixes that in a chiropractor kind of way, and now he's finally like he's okay again, and it's beautiful. And at the End of the movie, after we've seen all of that almost metaphor type of things happening, we're at the back of the auditor's office. They're going to do their... They got to go back a week later, and they're waiting for the elevator. And she gives her husband a kiss while her feet are kind of like bouncing, and she's excited about life. Mm -hmm. That was such a lovely way. It's not the end, end of the movie, but that was such a lovely... Bookend around yeah. the same point in the movie. If this is just a movie about falling in love with life again, or feeling like things are possible, and you've been stuck in your ways, mm-hmm. uh, but you could become unstuck. That that was one of the things that I left the movie feeling. I still have felt it. Um, I don't. I don't know. Like what the universal positive. Like it's it's so interesting. There's a lot of times you see a movie and you think like, oh, I feel like I could improve my life like or you'll yeah. hear a talk on a ted talk so i'm like oh well, i could live differently sure. after this this yeah. one i genuinely felt that anything is possible i felt that feeling more and i i love that a movie actually gave me that and it wasn't yeah. like there's plenty of times I'll, I'll leave fast and furious and have a fun drive home and then like okay i'm never doing that again sure this one yeah. is stuck for a couple of weeks um that's a beautiful message just to send to send home with people
0: yeah no definitely and and again it's all within a movie that you know just a quick glance of it you wouldn't think that that's what you're going to get out of it you know and it it, it just again so well executed so i I, again so for those who maybe like me have only seen it once or who haven't seen it but is still watching and listening and just trying to figure out is this a movie they want to see uh the googly eyes so what is the significance of the googly eyes? And I'm sure you have a pretty good answer behind that.
1: My answer's okay. It's actually one of the things that I I want to talk to you more about. I think that someone could write a philosophy paper on in five years, the way that people Mm -hmm. write about the matrix and stuff. Um, The symbolism there, so we've got a donut, is, uh, I'm sorry, the bagel, everything bagel bagel is so important. Mm -hmm. And it's circle shapes. There's a theme of those. And I'm sure someone could do like a circle of life or a self-contained universe, something. I don't know what it's symbolizing, but it's obvious from this movie that circles and sometimes circles with holes in them are very important. So we have Jamie Lee Curtis circles the receipt of the Mm -hmm. karaoke machine, which is already part of a whole thing we've been talking about. The world, the cult followers of the daughter have circles on their forehead because that relates to the everything bagel. The daughter has a hair, a Princess Amidala kind of like wild hair piece situation going on where her hair forms a circle here and it says Jobu on the forehead um, with the baby hairs and then up here we have this, the hair comes into a circle which is another everything bagel thing. And there's, I don't, I, I'm not able to, to do it on the spot but there's something where there's the everything bagel possibility and there's the eye possibility. So like seeing that things are possible versus um and then this is actually I was mentioning it earlier with the directors what the movie is about. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily like this is the only thing the movie is about, but he was talking about sure. they were originally using the everything bagel as a metaphor in their pitch meetings and they were talking about like hey, this is what this movie is about And they were only using the elevator the the everything bagel as a metaphor and they were eventually like wouldn't it be weird if we actually use an everything bagel in this movie but part of what they were talking about with the everything bagel concept was, the difference in generation between their parents and themselves and their parents who wanted them to have a successful normal life. And they're a creative type and to have to like show their parents, some of the short films that they had made of like, this is what I'm doing with my life. And the parent not having any concept of like one of the short films, which um, they have a bunch of like one or two minute ones. One of I have to recommend is it's literally a multiverse short film. There's a website for it. Um, I think it's, it's something like possibilia. Uh, is the title. Um the, the it's a website and you literally can click different parts of the movie and it'll show you different parts of the six minute movie. Um one of the actors is Alex Karpovsky from Girls who I actually like and I've seen a few of his movies. He's even directed one but he's acting and it's a breakup scene and then you're able to click into different moments of it's so hard to describe. <laughs> the movies, there's like clips, thumbnails underneath, and it starts breaking off into other scenes and other movies as it, when someone during the breakup decides with this or that, then it can split off and you can actually click between them. So there's not actually a movie necessarily. It's like a multiverse experience short film website mm-hmm. thing. Um, and he's talking about like trying to explain to his parents some of the art that they've made, and the parents just don't get it at all. It was about another thing which I've I talked about with friends in our generation is... My parents weren't raised with the internet. I was raised with the internet. I was raised with the feeling that anything is possible. All information is at my hands. I like The amount of... The generational shift is so huge. And, and this is what the director is talking about. The idea that like I have access to everything and all these choices. And then there's this meaninglessness that then results from that. Because, well, it turns out I have a million pathways in my life. And everything is kind of meaningless. So when they're talking about the multiverse... There's one option of the multiverse where you realize you get bored and you go, I could literally be doing anything with my life. Um, I could just be killing time all day because there's so much world out there. And I'm going to kind of instead collapse into this depression of meaninglessness. And so everything Bapel is where she takes, she lists the things and I don't know. I think it's clear to the audience. She didn't act, just take Craigslist ads and every type of dog and onions and she actually starts making the ingredients yeah. that are on Everything Bagel and salt. And I put that in then it collapsed in on itself in this abyss, this void of meaninglessness that she and her cult are going to like go into that meaninglessness because they're just tired of the universe where everything is possible. That, um, that interpretation of, of the Everything Bagel from the director was illuminating for sure. I think there's another one where the eyes also a circle with a little pupil thing in the middle um are in some ways the opposite where you can see the possibilities and there's like you're paying attention to the universe and you're appreciating and loving that universe mm-hmm. uh, the quote from lady bird is something like it, what is love if not paying attention to things mm-hmm. um to where i I don't know how serious the seeing metaphor is but the reason why the googly eyes even pop up in the literal world is because the husband puts them on people's bags of laundry at the laundromat to brighten their day and at some point she says why did you put the clothes upstairs you just have to go and bring them right down he goes the clothes are happier there and she goes ah all these damn googly eyes and she's like pulling googly eyes off the laundry before giving it back to the customers because she's closed off to these possibilities and the husband can see the possibilities mm-hmm. of making people happy. Right. I love that moment. And that's what part of what I bought the googly eyes. I put it on my jacket. Uh, the person I was with, I put it uh, on their bag. I gave it to a couple The the people sitting next to us at the end of the movie. I gave them a few and they're like, it was a similar moment where you're interacting with a stranger yeah. sitting next <laughs> to the theater, which you never do in New York City. Dang. Never in a million years. And so they obviously enjoyed the movie I did, too. We kind of like, I was like, here you guys go. And they were very appreciative. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it was a sweet little a random exchange uh, between strangers. But the the eyes are kind of the opposite of the everything bagel in a way. I haven't written the I think if I was back in, in college and I'm the philosophy minor and they were saying, choose a movie and write about a theme using symbolism like that, this is going to be fun for some film class person to like really yeah. dissect. But on my first blush, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking of. It's something about that with the metaphors. There's There's some real meaning there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, talking it through and actually like dissecting it the way you have it, it kind of makes sense now like obviously watching the movie the everything bagel made sense by the end of the movie you know and again it's like it's everything right it, it's just like access to everything anything's possible blah 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 all this kind of stuff like that right um and then if the googly eyes are supposed to represent the opposite it's like well yeah everything's possible but then there's that one thing the one thing that you should focus on that will brighten your day, make you happy, make you feel fulfilled, right, and all that. So, it's kind of a, almost like a uh, the dilemma. Everything bagel, the the simple solution, the googly eyes, right? It, and yeah. it's, it's just like like so, again, smart and brilliant you know and again it could mean other things too but if if sure. that is what too are to assume the simplistic answer is or you know definition of what that could represent then wow you know like it's amazing that again a right, movie right. like this will lead to those at least lead to those type of conversations you know and uh like you said uh, to be able to freely talk to someone you sit next to at a movie theater in the city it it never happens it never wow. happens you know but to to be able to at the end of the movie just be like can we at least just talk about it a little bit because this was amazing you know or yeah. like i'm feeling so emotional let me like you know and all that like it it's great it, it it's it's a fantastic movie and again it just speaks to how well this movie was done so um I don't know. I, I, we talked a lot about the movie. Is there anything else that you wanted to bring up? That because um, I know again you've seen it three times. I know you've done some digging into it as well.
1: The only thing I meant to mention earlier, we're talking about film references, and uh, mm-hmm. the other one that I meant to pull was the Matrix crouch walk. When mm-hmm. she's given a kind of like a Bluetooth or a phone device, yeah. which is mm-hmm. what it is in the actual original Matrix. And she's told stay low. And she has to go to a different part of a literal cubicle field, which is just a direct pull from the original Matrix yeah. where she's doing this thing. Yeah. And um, I think at first I was like, Oh, whoa, is, is this a reference? And then it turns out by the end of the movie, there's been so many movie references. Like, yeah, of course. And it's an, it's more of an homage than, than anything else. I think in conclusion, my, I do actually I do want to talk about awards with you like sure, do you think this and not even just awards, do you think that this movie gets mainstream appeal? Do you think it becomes a surprise sleeper type indie movie hit at the end of the year award season stuff? I feel like I could easily see it have a spectacular run where it's winning original screenplay, mm-hmm. editing categories and getting some serious love, maybe even a deep best best picture nomination? I could also yeah. see it being completely ignored, people going, oh, that was a weird fluke. And there's a lot of special A24 mm-hmm. type of indie movies. A lot of times A24 botches the, they're not even doing the campaigning thing the way other places are. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of movies where I go, that was a really special movie. And yet no one seemed to, it didn't seem to make a difference in that mainstream world. And there's sometimes you go, oh, that movie could have had 10 Oscars, but instead it just kind of got overlooked and they got... Like the Hustlers treatment or like last year's Zola kind of felt like one of those for me where it could have had six nominations right. at zero there's always Pig, mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage was one of those do yeah. you feel like how do you feel like it's going to hit it? do you have uh, um, any, any thoughts on that
0: yeah no uh, you you already said it so for me and again I'm just looking at you know the, the release calendar for movies coming up and, and all that stuff for me I think this is going to be this year's Pig You know, like for me last year, Pig was one of those movies that, again, wasn't expecting it to be the type of movie it was, you know, ended up becoming really well done. I've, you know, really felt moved and uh, entertained by that movie. Nicolas Cage gave one of his most brilliant performances that he's done in a very long time. And we didn't hear anything about it come Oscar season. This movie, I think the argument that could be made here is that this is probably Michelle Yeoh's best performance that she's ever given in in a very, very long time. And it's not even a full-on fledged action movie, which is all she's really known for. You know, again, she is displaying all of her talents in this movie, you know, and she does a brilliant job at it. Um, and the movie once again very much like pig you go into it thinking one thing you leave with something completely different you know um and that's what speaks to the way the movie was really well made um but we are in april and there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff that's going to be coming out probably come october you know and it this yeah. is going to be long forgotten by then. Now, okay. in the in the indie award season, like you know the indie sure. awards and all that, this will definitely be talked about. You know, I'm pretty much sure. I I could maybe even see this uh, maybe brought up during like the SAGs, you know, you know things like that. These sure. like awards, are the, Gotham awards,
1: right. things like that. Yeah,
0: yeah, because like again, it's more of an acknowledgement of the art instead of the campaigning and the pageantry and the you know yeah. which studio is better and blah 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 this and that which is unfortunately what the oscars is right now um yeah. it, you it know, might not be a had...
1: popularity contest but as far as like the cold classic kind of thing i'm thinking of uncut gems yeah. or unkajams um, yeah. um uh th- that kind of situation where it ends up getting absolutely nothing it's in the conversation some people are talking about it who are film lovers and then it does really well at the indie awards that that kind yeah. of situation i think i think mm-hmm. i could definitely foresee that I'm an optimist um, i currently feel like everything is possible um, hey. I've seen this movie three times in two fucking weeks we'll see um but I, I, I think your prediction is probably the safest and most accurate but yeah um, my i think at the end my only other thought is just the feeling of we we're talking about the the matrix reference with the, the crossword i it feels a similar. I'm not. This, this movie is, has very few things in common with The Matrix, other than the this is a fight scene. that's a philosophy movie, and there's mm. some romance story at the center of it. Uh, Matrix doesn't really have the family drama. It's more like a team genre uh, of him and Morpheus and the the crew. But like, just that kind of feeling of a once in a lifetime experience at the theater, and people like fist pumping throughout. There being like applause moments and people having their mind blown, and then like. Mm. I remember because the, the the reason I was thinking of is you from about the sit, talking to the person next to you at the theater. I remember when I I recently they replayed the original Matrix at the IMAX, and there was multiple people afterward. These are people who are obviously going to be fans of the Matrix. It came out yeah. uh, a, a minute ago, and they're doing the similar like, "Hey, who here wants to? Anyone want to go grab coffee? Can anyone talk to me about this movie real quick? I have some thoughts." And seeing that, and also having seen that at this movie, it yeah. felt. Special in that in that kind of way. Um, I, I don't know if they only made a movie like just for me. It felt like one mm-hmm. of those, but I also it, I feel like even um we were talking about like you and I loved loved the Batman, and then yeah. in the lobby on the way out, the reaction wasn't as good, and some people didn't love it sure. in this one at least. And I I've gone to Alamo Draft House for it twice of the of the mm-hmm. times I've seen it, um, and so it's a different crowd, sure, but like yeah. in the bathroom, in the lobby, everyone's having a similar like even the people who were cu- sounded almost skeptical were like dude i was surprised that was pretty good that was a that was a special movie like it felt it felt special i'm so glad i i, I got to have this experience of seeing this movie
0: yeah no absolutely I mean, yeah absolutely and i again i think the real test or the, or the real tell of how it's going to you know perform or how it will be received is when it's finally released nationwide you know and you know we still are dealing in a time when there's still a good amount of people who still don't want to go out to movies and watch movies and all that so it's going to be a mix of it's time at the box office but once it hits streaming what's going to happen once it hits yeah you know especially when you don't have to pay for it so if it ever lands on an hbo max or i think showtime has a partnership with a twenty-four, so I could see this land on Showtime. Uh, so people who are subscribed to Showtime will be able to watch this type of movie uh, in with the library. What's going to happen once that hits that? Because then you're going to get tons of more eyes on it, and then Fair maybe part. you're going to get more people to talk about it and 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 mention it and bring it up. Because you know, like right now, it's limited release, but I, I see a good amount of people on Twitter especially, like, actors and actresses who are talking about it right now. And they're all, like, you know, insanely falling in love with it. Uh, So much so that one of the Daniels would reply to certain tweets and be like, you know, I I think you are overhyping this movie a little bit, you know, but I appreciate (laughs) appreciate your kind words and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, And then even one person said, like, oh, I think, you know, this movie is – already overrated. It hasn't even come out. And oh my and, God. and that same Daniel responded and said, You're right, it is. But thank you for your money and for supporting the movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so again, we'll see how, you know, general audiences react, but you know, and it's it's you know, because of its limited release, you do have a certain crowd that will go out and out of their way to watch it. You know, people yeah. like you and I, people who love cinema, you know, people who are into like this type of uh storytelling. Once it's at your local AMC playing alongside, you know, Uncharted or whatever, like what's what's gonna happen during that time? Because you're you're definitely gonna get a lot of people who are gonna go to watch this movie thinking it's an action movie. Yeah, and that and that's all they're probably gonna hope it is. And then yeah. you know, once they realize it's not, then where's their attention gonna go? Are they gonna be like I'm all in or oof, like this is not what I wanted, right? So, but for anyone out there, you know, watching, listening, you know, you know, again, thank you for joining us on this talk because it, it this was really a great conversation. I do recommend to give this movie a shot, you know, because again, if you are anything like Blake and I, yeah, you know, and you love the movies the way that we do. You will definitely appreciate this movie for many different reasons. And if you don't, let us know why. You know, let us know in the comments like what you didn't like about it. You know, was it maybe too philosophical for you? Was it like far-reaching or whatever the case is? Could very well be. Could very well. You know, that's how you take it. But you no, know, that's what it. Nope, no, 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 it'll no, be no, no, you're an opinion wrong. I'll you in the comments, no, but definitely, definitely, you're wrong. On yeah, you'll be deluded. <laughs> Uh, but no, but that's what's great about this, because again, at the end of the day, movie is subjective and everyone walks away with a different opinion about it. Right. Even though you're wrong, if you don't like this movie, yeah, everyone has their different opinion. Uh, but let us know in the comments. Let's have a conversation about it. And, uh, you know, I think that will be a lot of fun. But with that being said, uh, great talking about this movie with you. Uh, you know, and I again, I can't wait to look for I can't wait to watch it again, uh, which I will for sure. But until then. Where can people find you online?
1: Go to Letterboxd, sign up for an account if you don't have one. Um, And my screen name there is Blake Wolf SSN, like Blake Wolf's screen name, B-L-A-K-E-W-O-L-F-S-S-N. That is where I log all the movies that I watch and where I recently gave everything everywhere all at once. Five stars out of five
0: very nice very nice very well deserved uh if i maintained my letterbox account i would probably do the same um eventually i'll get back to it but let's get blake more followers please uh are we still hovering around 16
1: oh we're at 17 right now my man don't worry hey we got we're at, one yeah, all right 17 there the goal go. is to get to 20 by the year 2030 uh nice. that's my that's my plan i'm i tell all my friends this and i've had three friends like make an account and then they're like there's so many movies, dude. Someone actually, I, they did it right recently. They were saying that they, <laughs> as they watch a new movie, then they'll do it. Or if they think of an old one and they come across it. But it's not necessarily like, you can treat it as a every movie I've ever watched. Or you can just kind of like, do it starting now. I think I think that's fine. There needs to be more yeah. casual Letterbox listeners. Because right now it's just a website of obsessive film fans. Um, it is my favorite place if I'm looking for a, what do the film fans think of a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's some movies that you'll see a higher rating for. Um, especially things like this. Like this is going to be one of the most popular movies, um, even if it doesn't win any awards at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, so it's my favorite place for like, they call it the social media for film fans. I think of it as like the Goodreads for, for film fans. Definitely. Uh, that's That's my favorite place to be online right now
0: yeah no it's definitely a a good center of cinephiles all together and really talking about their love of movies and and everything like that so again check it out follow Blake let's get him to 20 we're one up (laughs) so I I love that Um, and as for myself obviously Loki Geek you see the where to follow me on Twitter what have you right on the screen or in the description of the episode movie time we are doing this every week so as always if you want to enjoy further episodes and future episodes of this podcast don't forget subscribe to the channel hit that like button it really does help support the channel and the podcast get more eyes uh, out there so that people can enjoy these type of conversations and if you're looking for an audio format of this episode go to the Geek channel on your uh, podcast platform of choice and that's where you can find this episode and more so that you could easily download so for now, I'm Renee. that's Blake the Wolf, and we'll catch all y'all next time. All right. Peace out, everyone.